In today's episode, we've got reselling news, a what sold on eBay recap, and we're going to talk about how in a random week in February, I just had my best week ever as a reseller. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of Galaxy CDs, Rocks and Flips. If this is your first time here at the channel, my name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller working out of my home here in the Batcave in the greater Cincinnati area. And this channel is all about the flip life. We'll talk about the things that we're selling here, the things I'm buying, what's going on in the wider world of reselling, and sometimes some other topics. <laughs> uh, but in today's episode, we're just going to recap some of what's sold over the last week, and we'll talk in the weekly recap about how randomly in a, just a week in February that was nothing particularly special, I just had my best week ever as a full-time reseller. And then in the second half of the show, we will go over some reselling news for those of you who are interested. So with that being said... Let's talk about some of the stuff I sold on eBay. Everybody does these videos and they all do them in a slightly different way. I've been a little bothered here recently and maybe I shouldn't be, but I see a lot of videos that are titled, whatever, three things you should be selling on eBay to make big profits and stuff like that. And it, I don't know, man, <laughs> they bother me. They bother me a lot. They just seem disingenuous and they're not. They're not for everybody. There are, I've talked about on this channel in the past, there are multiple ways to make money on eBay. Some people choose to sell big, high-ticket items. I follow Rideshare Reseller. I'll link to his channel uh, down below. He does really, really well with big vintage electronics that he buys at a reasonable price and sells for big money, and he's making a killing. My buddy Derek over at Fundamentals of Side Hustling. I will link to his channel as well. He does really well with like vintage toys and vintage t-shirts and model cars and planes and trains. I do really well with books and CDs and that's just three examples. So when I see someone come on to YouTube or they have a podcast and they say, you should do this to make big money on eBay, I think to myself, should I? Should I really? <laughs> is it necessary to do that exact thing? And I'm here to say, I don't think it is. I think if you pick a niche, even if you, other people don't think it's a big one, if you become an expert at it and become really good at it, there's money to be made in just about anything. So don't, I, I talk about this all the time, don't let the comparison of yourself to others and what other people are doing have an undue influence on how you think you should do business. Um, uh, we're going to talk about some things that I sell here uh, on the reg. I apologize for the rant. <laughs> um, but a lot of this stuff, these are things I'm picking up for five cents, 10 cents, 15 cents, a quarter that are super, super cheap. And maybe I'm not making a thousand dollar sale on some of this stuff, but I'm making. 50, 80, 100, 200 times my investment on a cost per goods sold basis. And that's a very valid way to make money. So with that rant out of the way, I feel better already. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some of the stuff I actually sold last week on eBay. 
this first item. Uh, I talked about a couple of weeks ago, I bought a big lot of model railroad catalogs and memorabilia. This is from that lot. I own this thing for a nickel. It is a Lionel parts list and exploded diagrams binder. Uh, it's from 1970 to 1986. It has all kinds of descriptions of the various cars and engines and things that Lionel made during that time frame and kind of the parts that would be required to fix them and diagrams to show how those parts all fit together. Really interesting piece. This went on a best uh, actually, this was an auction, if I'm not mistaken. This went for $25 plus customer paid shipping. So pretty nice flip from a quarter. Or I did that last week too. <laughs> uh, from a nickel. Next up, um, I just kind of talked about different ways to make money. And a lot of people probably would not mess with old vintage hobby and craft magazines. Here's a case where I sold four magazines that I own for seven cents a piece for essentially $28 with free shipping. So uh, British Railway Modeling Magazine, I sold four issues of this for what amounts to $7 a piece. That's 100X my initial investment. Again, it's not big money. It's not huge money in the bank, but those kind of margins are just ridiculously good. And you can, if you do enough of these, make a pretty decent living. Next up, an old book, uh, Tales of a Greek Island from 1912. This was an illustrated hardcover. This was part of a big lot of books I own for about a quarter each. This went on a best offer. Uh, I think I had it listed for $34.99. It went for $30 with free shipping. Next, uh, old school CD from the BAPS soundtrack from 1997. This is a new and sealed single from the group called Girl get your groove on this is a four track cd single from that movie this was part of that big 8000 cd lot that i bought it's coming up on a year now i bought that at the end of june the first part of july so three quarters of a year ago these things are still selling and still bringing pretty decent money own this for about three and a half cents sold for 39.99 with free shipping Another book, we, I shared some of these with you last week, the Greenberg's Repair and Operating Manual, Lionel Pre-War Trains. Uh, this is another item that I own for one whole nickel out of that big lot. It went for $59.99 with free shipping. And these, obviously, they're generally under two pounds. They qualify for media rate. I ship these things out in, generally speaking, a padded envelope. I will wrap them kind of in some newsprint and then put cardboard sniff stiffener in there as well to help protect them. So they, I get tons of great feedback on my shipping. So let me know how you're shipping media items. Do you wrap them in anything? Do you do anything to protect them? I ordered a book recently from another eBay seller and it wasn't wrapped. It came in just a poly mailer with no padding, no protection, and it was pretty banged up when it got here. Um, USPS, Obviously, they're just chucking stuff into bins. They don't necessarily take the best care of stuff. So uh, let me know how you're shipping that kind of stuff. I know poly mailers are less expensive than the bubble mailers. And wrapping them again in a, a just a sheet of newsprint maybe seems like overkill. Uh, but my books are arriving in excellent condition. I get tons of great feedback on the condition of the books and how well they were packed for shipping. So let us know what you do and what you think if I'm doing too much. 
by shipping them in a bubble mailer, but I know I was not particularly pleased <laughs> uh, when the book I got was all scuffed up and banged because the poly mailer had been ripped by USPS. So anyway, moving on, another Greenberg guide. This one to Marklin H-O-N-O-O scale trains from 1989. This was actually a first edition hardcover. This thing went for 72 99. So again, I talked about these last week. If you're out at a sale and you stumble on any of these Greenberg's guides to Lionel trains, um, they're definitely worth taking a look at. More trains, more stuff from that big lot. Uh, as fast as I can list this stuff, I'm selling it. Um, I think I had sold one of these months ago from 1953 Toy Trains Magazine. Uh, this was a full year, all 12 issues. I had this listed, I believe, for $84.99, something like that. I got an offer of $76.49, and I went ahead and took that. So, again, I've got 12 magazines at a nickel apiece, so $0.60 cents into $76.49. And now... Your flip of the week. Last week, one of these didn't quite qualify as the flip of the week because I was going down a little bit different path. This week, I sold another for $150 of this bound Air Force Service Journal of the U.S. Army Air Force. This set was from 1945 to 1946. Same thing. I had it listed, I think, for $169. I got an offer of $150 plus shipping, which I went ahead and took. I own this thing for a buck. I am now out of these, which is a crying shame. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I will find more once estate sales kick back in and I can find something like this. But uh, uh, these were fantastic. I think I had three or four of these, and one went for, I, I know I sold three of them, one for $138 and some change, and two more for 150 from an initial investment of three whole dollars. So they were just remarkable. So again, if you're out looking around, even if, you know, books and magazines aren't your thing, keep an eye out for these bound, whatever they are, bound history, bound craft, anything that's bound like that uh, can be worth really, really good money. So with all those items and some of the ones I showed last week that were on actually last week's business, let's talk about how in a random week in February, I just had my best reselling week ever in terms of both sales and margins. It was just out of the blue, totally remarkable. Um, I, I don't know what to attribute it to. I listed some pretty cool stuff over the last week, a lot of which has sold, as you've seen in these What Sold videos, for some pretty good money. So I'm, I know that's had something to do with it, but my order volume was also super, super high. Lots of little 8 and $10 items over the last week. Um, I did 28 items just on Sunday alone uh, this week. So this week is also off to a really good start. I know a lot of sellers have been talking about things being slow or business being off. Um, I don't know. I, there's no rhyme or reason to how it happens. My only advice to you, and again, not this channel is not about being a guru, but do the things that you know you should do. Try to find things that you know people want at the best possible price and get them listed. Um, if you consistently are listing items, you will be consistently selling items. The 
I don't know. I don't know nothing about the algorithm beyond the fact that the more stuff you put up, the more stuff you're likely to sell. So speaking of listing for the week, last week, I managed to get to 106. So a little bit off the previous week, but I had a ton of stuff that I was shipping. I lost half a day essentially to snow shoveling, which I lost again today. <laughs> uh, and we'll get into that a little bit further in the show, what eBay's doing about that. But um, yeah, overall, not too bad. 106 listings for the week. Sales, again, best week ever, better than any individual week I had during Q4, $2,113.65 gross sales for the week. So just, I'm beyond thrilled with that. Uh, I had essentially what I normally do in a week in by the close of business on Wednesday. It was just nuts around here. So uh, again, as always, feel free to let us know in the comments what your business has been like over the last week or so. Uh, how that broke down, I made $11.13 from the eBay Partner Program. So that is eBay's essentially affiliate link program. If you're doing a YouTube channel, a podcast, social media, and you share items there and someone purchases them through that link, you can make a little bit of money. I got paid out a whopping $11.13 from the eBay Partner Program. Um... From the Westchester Antique Mall, $44.82 in sales. They were, like I mentioned last week, closed at least one full day during the week. So probably could have been a little better, but not. I'll take it. It's Again, it's paying for itself, which was my only goal over there. So that is definitely a win. Bonanza, again, on the scorecard this week, $45.13 on Bonanza. So not too shabby. And eBay for 2000 $12.37. My best week ever on eBay. I didn't have like a best day ever on eBay, uh, but it was really consistent, especially the first four or five days of the week. Really, really solid. Cost of goods sold for the week was $85.54. I did sell a couple of wholesale type lots of some of the stuff I've picked up recently. So the margins were a little bit different. Gross profit percentage for the week was... 95.95% for a total of $2,028.11 in gross profit. Uh, Operating expenses for the week were just kind of the normal, the eBay fees and shipping, $7.06.50, leaving me with a net profit percentage of crazy, 62.53%. That is the best net margin percentage that I can remember in any week that I've had. Just remarkable. $1,321.61 net pre-tax profit after all expenses. So again, no idea why other than listing some stuff that people were really interested in that brought some pretty good money. Um, Great week, best week, like I said, that I've ever had. And it's the middle of February. So (laughs) really no reason for it. But I will definitely take it. With that, we're going to take a really quick break for our sponsors over at the podcast, and then we will be back with Reselling News. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again.
News updates. All right, I talked a little bit about the weather both last week and this week. Uh, eBay did announce last week, and I assume that's definitely going to carry over into this week because the storm has been actually even worse and more widespread. Seller protections were extended for shipping delays from inclement weather across the U.S. This was announced actually on the 11th. I assume, like I said, that it will be extended um, this week. Winter weather conditions are disrupting transportation lines across parts of the U.S. We are closely monitoring the situation. If you are involved in an eBay transaction with a buyer or seller in affected areas, please note that their ability to communicate or complete your transaction may be delayed due to these severe conditions. We encourage you to be patient and so on. Uh, you don't need to worry about your seller performance. If your business is impacted, eBay will automatically protect your ratings, including your late shipment rate, your valid tracking upload date, and item not received cases due to late delivery. As long as you uploaded tracking and have a physical scan from the carrier before the case was opened. So thank you to eBay for that. Uh, eBay this week also announced that they will be holding and eBay open online. Um, They typically do kind of an eBay open or some, some sorts of events every year. Last year, they planned to hold uh, eBay open. And because of the pandemic, they canceled it. They instead did an online 25th anniversary celebration. Uh, This year, they are going to do another online event with eBay open. It will be held from the third to the fifth of August of this year. It is 100% free to attend. Invitations and more details will be coming in May, but you can expect that the main purpose of attending to be two days of conversations with eBay executives, expert advice, and tactical guidance tailored for your business. Registration is not open yet. It opens on the 3rd of May, and this will also be replacing the regular eBay upfronts where they kind of go around and hit major metropolitan areas and do a little mini convention. Those will not be happening this year again due to the pandemic. They hope to resume those once things are back to normal. Uh, There's a really good article on Mashable this week, and I will link, of course, to all of these in the show notes and the video description below. Uh, How to sell your clothes online, even if you're a total beginner. I'm not going to go through this whole article. It's pretty massive. It's really in-depth, a really good read. If you're thinking about selling clothing or are struggling with selling clothing and it's something you want to pursue further, definitely take a look at this article. I think there's a lot of really great, helpful tips here. They talk about uh, Depop, Poshmark, and Mercari in particular as being kind of the big three for clothing. Uh, Poshmark, they note, has 60 million users versus Depop, which has 21 million, and Mercari, which has just 15 million. They do also mention Vinted, which has 34 million users, but they don't really go into a lot of depth about Vinted. Uh, They note that the biggest difference between the apps, other than, obviously, the number of eyeballs there, is kind of the demographics of those eyeballs. Anything that's big on Instagram will likely do well on Depop. They say 90% of the users there are under 26 years old, whereas items targeted towards ages 30 and up might fare better elsewhere. There are also gender differences. 97% of Poshmark's users identify as women, for example, while 32.7% of Depop's users identify as men. So there's some really interesting stats and some really interesting tips here. Again, I don't want to spend, I could 
spend half an hour reading this article to you. Go check it out if you're interested in doing clothing sales or maybe expanding beyond whatever platform you might be on. There's some really helpful tips here uh, that will help you determine what platforms your merchandise and your selling style might lend themselves to. They talk a lot about, you know, the aesthetics of some of the sites and the social sharing and all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of get a feel for whether a particular site is really a good fit for what you're trying to do. Uh, eBay did a recap of sports cards, trading cards in general for last year, and they reported an increase of 4 million cards sold in 2020. Uh, released what they called a state of trading cards report last week, indicated that the trading card category on eBay grew by 142%. If you've been watching anything on YouTube or anywhere else, you'll know trading cards have just gone insane. The values have gone up. Um, the, the transaction velocity is way up. It's just become a huge, huge thing once again. Uh, nearly all sports cards, they say, saw notable growth in 2020, but the biggest gainers on eBay were soccer or football, for those of you who prefer, uh, and basketball. Soccer was up 1,586%. I assume that's probably from a fairly minimal baseline. <laughs> uh, but man, that's a big jump. Uh, the sale of Pokemon cards also exploded, increasing 574% year over year. Uh, big growth everywhere. Some jaw-dropping numbers that some of these auctions on some of the more rare graded cards went for. Uh, a 1979 Wayne Gretzky rookie card that went for $1.29 million at an auction. Uh, 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle rookie card in PSA 9 grade went for $5.2 million. Um, there was a big auction held by Golden Auctions where some apparently really rare Patrick Mahomes and Michael Jordan cards were sold. The overall sale generated $33 million in sales. Um, so... I, Go through your basement, <laughs> go through your attic, see if you got some old uh, trading cards laying around. They might be worth uh, quite a bit of money. There is no real consensus, according to this article, as to what's responsible for this sudden growth. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you follow him at all, he's been talking about trading cards for, man, almost a couple of years now. Uh, he, I don't know if, if he started the whole thing or if he just kind of saw it coming before anybody else did, but he's been all about it for quite some time. Um, so uh, take a look around Magic the Gathering cards. They note there was a set that sold for over $500,000 recently. So there's all kinds of uh, big stuff going on out there. I've talked about a couple of times. I don't think I would make a big investment in these cards. If I could find a bunch at a garage sale that somebody didn't know what they had and I could get them, I'd probably buy them. But I'm not, I'm not personally convinced that this thing has long-term legs and there is, there are other dissenting opinions out there. Um, they cite one professional gambler who is in the card market, um, who says he thinks the sports card market will crash within the next 24 to 36 months. So, while I would encourage anybody that's interested to get involved, I would also encourage you to be cautious about how you get involved and how much money you spend doing so. 
Last up for this week's news, Poshmark, in a continued effort to grow their business, has entered officially the pet category. Uh, In a move to expand its reach secondhand marketplace, Poshmark announced on Thursday that it's launching into the pets category, according to a press release. The new category is for owners who are seeking a simple, social, and sustainable way to shop and sell and includes new and secondhand pet accessories, supplies, and toys. Entering into a new product space demonstrates Poshmark's long-term strategy to scale the company via category expansion. One of the other things that this may help do is get some more men onto the platform. Uh, men own pets too. The like we talked about in one of the previous stories, Poshmark's user base skews very, very heavily female at this point. So this would be an opportunity, um, perhaps, to help them change that. Pets are big money. They are big business. Sixty-seven uh, percent of Americans are pet owners. According to the company, the pet category is one segment of the retail industry that has succeeded despite economic uncertainty brought on by COVID-19. Pet retailers have traditionally been considered almost recession-proof because even when customers pull back on other spending, going out to eat, taking trips, buying extra clothes, whatever it is, um, Many people will still continue to spend money on their pets because they view them, rightly so, like my girl Josie the cat, as part of their family. So uh, if you are in the pet industry, uh, you might take a look at what Poshmark is trying to do. With that, that wraps up the news for this week. Uh, Feel free, let us know in comments what you thought of this week's news. If you have anything that you saw over the week that I did not cover here today, and uh, I appreciate, as always, you guys spending some of your time here. I appreciate you not uh, harassing me <laughs> for taking another weekend off. I probably will continue to do that. Uh, I I spent the entire day on Saturday reading a book, um, read the whole thing cover to cover. It was glorious. <laughs> so uh, I hope you're having a great week. I hope you are staying safe. Uh, T's and P's, thoughts and prayers to all the folks down in Texas who are dealing with weather that they normally don't see and a power grid that clearly was not up to the task. Um, man, I hope I hope everybody's staying safe and staying healthy down there and everywhere else that's getting blasted by this winter storm. It is midday now on, gosh, what day is it? Tuesday, and the sun is shining. I got shoveled out, so I'm ready to go. I was able to make my post office run. There was not another soul there. So it was really easy to drop off my 40-odd packages this morning. With that, I'm going to close it for today. I hope you're doing well, that your business is going great. And now, it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.